Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. How y'all doing today? Amen. Amen. So we won't be before you long today. We're going to share the Word of God concerning the series that we've been involved in. I brought my three Bibles I got more than that, but I'm, I brought three Bibles for you all today, so you're in for a treat, I believe, so, okay. Um, God is good, amen? amen? And His mercy endures forever. Amen. Glory to God. So, uh, we've been talking about the leadership of the Spirit. Everybody say, the leadership of the Spirit. The of the Spirit. And so, to, we, last week we talked about following the inner witness, following the inner witness. And today we're going to go and we're going to dive into the five manifestations of the inner witness. Everybody say the manifestations manifestations. of the inner witness. witness. All right. So I'm excited about that today. Uh, I'm telling you, um, it it, it is it is powerful um, to to learn how to follow God. I want to encourage you to to build your faith daily. Everybody say I'm going to build my faith daily. There's something about building your faith daily. So I'm going to tell you what happened this weekend before we get into the word. So this weekend, Friday, I got off of work, 7 a.m. And, um, well, I went into work on Thursday night at 11, and they usually post who's going to work this weekend, and usually it's because people sign up. And so they have put my name on there as they drafted me to work this weekend. And so... Um, so they, so they put me down to draft and the reason they draft people is because the people don't have enough overtime hours. You're kind of low on the low of the low scale, right? You didn't volunteer and and come in and, and, and work all the overtime when it was available. So they draft people because you didn't volunteer when there was an abundance of, of overtime. And so I, what I realized is time is more valuable than money. You can get money, but you can't get your time back. Come on now, that's enough. We can close the Bible and go home. That's enough for a lifetime. Time is more valuable than money. And so if you lose your time, you can't get that back. You can can replace the money, but you can't replace the time. And so a lot of of days I didn't volunteer. I volunteer a couple times. Of course, I volunteer the holidays because there's more money. (laughs) Very um, um, purposeful with that. And so they drafted me. They put the draft on it. And so people's like, how do you feel? How do you feel? And, and some people was mocking me. I said, don't mock me. I said, don't mock me. And I didn't, I didn't make any boastful things. And as I was working on that Thursday night into Friday morning, the, everybody say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit through the inner witness spoke to my spirit and says, why don't you believe that you received the time off? Just like that, right? And so I was like, can I do that? <laughs> So the Holy Spirit on the inside said, why don't you believe that you received the time off for the weekend? So I said, okay. Um, I believe that the, the, the powerful words of, I believe I receive this weekend off in Jesus' name. That's what I did. So everybody's like, how does it feel to have to work? And they mocking me all night. And they like, I mean, they really giving me the hard time. See, you should have worked them overtime and all this other stuff. I said, don't mock me. I mean, you don't know who I am. And, and so I'm saying that 
but I've already believed I received. So I began to thank God for the time off. Lord, I thank you. In my natural, I did not see any way that they're going to let me off. So I was thanking God. Thank you, Lord, for this time off. Thank you that you're making a way out of no way. And do you know that Friday afternoon, everybody say Friday afternoon. I got a call from the office. I didn't know that. This is why you need to answer calls that you don't recognize. I got a call from a 973 from Newark, and, and it was the guy who was responsible for scheduling. And he said to me, Mr. Wright, we want to let you know you don't have to come in this weekend. I said, why? He, Are you letting me go? <laughs> and he said, no. He said, we, are, um, we got people volunteering to take your place. Now, don't tell me faith is not real. I'm telling you, I'm using my faith every day. I, I, I'm done. I'm like, yo, I'm not living in the natural. The natural is just the beginning. I do the natural, but I'm living in the supernatural. I'm living in the realm of faith and believing for the impossible. God got me off that schedule for the weekend. Amen. Amen. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and I said this last week. Um, there was some overtime that was, I was trying to get overtime one time and, and they denied me and um, it was a significant amount of money. And do you know that someone came and gave me cash and blessed me with that money and the Holy Spirit said on the inside of me, he said, and that's your overtime. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it, it works, it's working. My faith is working. Say, my faith, my faith is working. My faith is working all the time. Even when I'm asleep, my faith is working. Oh, come on now. Jesus says your faith will make you whole. Oh, man, faith is working on my heart, working on my body. Come on, working on my finances, working on my relationships. Amen. My faith is working all the time. So with that in mind, go with me to Romans chapter 8 as we discuss um, the following, uh, um, the, the manifestation of the inner witness. So many times people will um, look for the spectacular but miss the supernatural. They're looking for the Lord to lead them. But God communicates with his people. He wants to speak to us. He wants to lead us. He wants to direct us. But many believers, some don't believe that he does that today, and others over the board and everything that God has to tell them to do. I learned from a, a mentor, a father in the faith of mine. He says he goes by just as much as what God doesn't say as much, as much as what he does say. That set me free right there. Because in my mind, I'm thinking that God has to speak to me about everything. But he doesn't. If you're walking with God, you're walking in the light, the Lord will let you know when you're out of sync with his will. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you will be at the right place at the right time? And when you're in the wrong place, God will let you know you're in the wrong place. If you're walking with God, you don't have to have special times, uh, uh, extra times all the time of prayer and fasting. Now, you do need to fast and pray. But if because you're walking with God all the time, you know when he's leading you and when he's not. And so when you go to walk across or over or outside of the will of God, God will let you know that that's not the direction to go. You got to believe that. You got to believe that God will order your steps in the way that you should go. You got to believe that he's going to direct you. Every day you can, you can expect his leadership. Say every day, I expect the Lord to lead me, the Lord to order my steps. 
You got to believe that he's going to order your steps. I believe that I'll be at the right place at the right time. I believe that I'll be doing the right things. You got to believe that the Lord is ordering your steps. Amen. I, I didn't, it was the furthest thing from my mind to believe I received the weekend off. And the Holy Spirit on the inside says, uh, believe that you received this weekend off. And they, them jokers called me hours later. I'm like, my God. Oh, my God. That, that, you don't understand how that's a big deal for me, right? Um, that was 16 extra hours. Actually, 17, 18, 19, 20. 20 extra hours the Lord saved me. Because it's an it's a, it's eight-hour shift, but it's an hour there and an hour back. So you eight, eight plus eight is what? 16 plus four is what? 20 hours. So the Lord saved me 20 hours. God is, in, God is concerned about our time, and he will save us some time. Come on now. He will save you time. He knows where the right sales are. Yes, he does. You know, sometimes he'll tell you to wait. Yes, Don't buy it now. Wait. One time, I'm going to tell you, I was teaching this class years ago, right when we got married, 1995, 96. No, no, we got married in 95, but I was no, we got married in 2000. 2005. I'm sorry. That was my other wife. That was my other wife. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> we got married in 2005. I'm sorry. Go way back. 95, I was a kid. <laughs> oh, Lord, R. Kelly. No, the devil is alive. <laughs> um, um, listen. Okay, so in 2005, I was teaching a class about prayer. And, um, and so I love, like, black cinemas, um, black movies from back in, like, the 70s, right? And, um, but, but I'm not... Like, I mean, I, I grew up, I was born in the 70s, but I grew up in the 80s. But because it reminds me of my dad with the afro, my mom with the afro, it just, th that time period. So um, I just, there's something, in it, I like those types of movies. And so um, Bill Cosby and um, Sidney Poitier did this series, um, uh, like, let's do it again. Um, and then they also did um, Saturday Night, um, uh, Uptown Saturday Night, right? And then there was a third one that they did. A piece of the action. So, I, <laughs> so when y'all coming over, uh, um, and I wanted to start a tradition every Saturday night to look up, um, look at Uptown Saturday Night, and my wife's like, absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, let's create something for the kids. They like, yo, Uptown Saturday Night coming on tonight. <laughs> she said no. She destroyed my little tradition. But, <laughs> um, and so. I was, uh, I really wanted this, this, the DVD of piece, a piece of an action. That was my last part of that tri 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 trilogy, right? right? A trilogy or something. <laughs> and so I was like, I really, really want this. I really, really want this. And I went to go buy it on, I think, at Walmart or Amazon. And the Spirit of God said, don't get it on the inside. That's the devil. <laughs> like, this God wants me to have this. Do you know? that that class that I was teaching that summer bought me that. So I had, so the Lord could have saved me time and that extra $10 if I would listen. I had two copies, and so what I did, I, I didn't tell them this, I took that copy back to Walmart. <laughs> so, but yeah, God will save you, so. What does that have to do with anything, everything? Romans 8, let's go. <laughs> let's go, Romans chapter 8. Following are the manifestation of the inner witness, Romans chapter 8. Verses 12 through 17, reading out of the English Standard Version. So then, brothers, whenever you see brothers, it's brothers and sisters. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. 
but of the spirit you will be you um but if the spirit if by the spirit you put to death or the the death of the deeds of the body you will live notice that the scripture says if we put to death the deeds of the body it's through the spirit we put we mortify the deeds of the body sometimes people are trying to um use their willpower to overcome temptation and you should use your willpower but there's something greater than your willpower, and that's the work of the Holy Spirit that can destroy that habit or that sinful action. So it's by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live. So it's, through, it's what, what the old-timers, the Puritans, and even Pastor Dave Robeson teaches. The, it's called the mortification. Mortification. Putting to death the deeds of the body, the, the evil deeds, the th- deeds that are contrary to the word of God. It's by the spirit that you destroy bad habits, bad sinful habits. Isn't that good? The Holy Spirit can help you overcome your flesh, the devil, and the world. Amen. And, 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 and I'm going to insert this on real quick. The Holy Spirit will always lead you into holiness. He'll lead you into the fruit of the spirit. The devil will lead you through your flesh into the works of the flesh. And he is called the Holy Spirit for a reason. It's because he has been sent to help us to be holy. There are some unholy spirits, evil spirits, demons that will lead you into unholiness. The devil is always trying to get your clothes off and God is always trying to get your clothes on. You you remember the man who was out of his mind? He, he was stripping his clothes off. There, back in the de- 70s and 80s, that used to be called a thing of streaking, right? Where, where people will threaten or challenge people to strip their clothes off and to run across the campus butt naked. That, 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 that was a guy, a kid, who, who um, gave into that challenge, and so he stripped himself, and he ran naked across the, um, the campus. And as a result of that, the enemy took his mind. He became demon-possessed, started acting like a dog. And they called um, a great man of God by the name of Dr. Nova Hayes over and told, asked him to stop. Uh, actually, he was driving. He was driving in Tennessee, and the Lord spoke to him and says, pull over and go to this campus. And so Dr. Nova Hayes went to the campus, and he's like, I don't even know why I'm here. And he ran into a Christian, and, and they began to explain about the young man and how he lost his mind and how he was acting like a dog. And so Nova Hayes stayed up all night dealing with his, the, the boy's will and dealing with the devil. And at the end of it, that man got set, the young man got set free. Nova Hayes drove the devil out of him, out of the young, of the young man, and the young man got his mind back. And so the devil is always trying to get you to pull your clothes off. <laughs> he, he, you know, um, he, 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 in God, even from the garden, when, when Adam and Eve um, broke fellowship with the father, um, the first thing God did is he killed something, sacrifice, and he put something on them. But up to that point, he, they were clothed. They were clothed with his glory. And the glory left it when they disobeyed God. The glory will lift from you when you're in sin. And so here... Um, we see that the, through the Spirit, we can put to death the deeds of the body. Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons or daughters, sons and daughters, 
uh, maturing ones of God. If you're led by the Spirit, you are maturing in the things of God. We said last week, to hear from God is one thing, but to obey Him is another. To hear from God does not make you mature. To obey God makes you mature. Amen? There are a lot of people who hear from God, but they don't do anything with what they heard. Verse um, 15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery, a bondage, to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, what? Abba, Father. For the Spirit himself bears witness with our what? That we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, then fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. Uh, and so Proverbs 20, 27, real quick, Proverbs 20, 27. Um, before you go over there, just go to Romans 7. But as, as uh, Minister Allen goes to Proverbs 20, 27, let's read this out of the ESV. It says, the spirit, let's read it together. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. Okay, let's say this, that the Holy Spirit will use your spirit to lead you into enlightening you. He uses your spirit to lead you and to guide you. The devil uses the flesh to guide you. He uses, he pulls on things that are inside of your flesh that is not like God to use. He used your anger. He used your, your sexual appetites. He used your power appetites to be in control. He'll, he'll use these things that are, um, have an inclination to do sinful things. But God will use your spirit that is reborn, recreated. The spirit of man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord. So God is going to use your spirit to enlighten you, to guide you. And many Christians are looking for an emotional um, feeling to be led by God. How do you know if you're forgiven? If you feel forgiven after you ask for forgiveness? By faith, you're forgiven, right? When you say, God, I messed up, forgive me. You may not feel like you. How do you forgive other people? Most Christians that I know will forgive based on feelings. I still don't feel right about them. But by faith, you forgive them. I release them in Jesus' name, regardless of your feelings. So the spirit of man is the candle or the lamp of the Lord. So God will lead us by our spirits. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, so we, we, we are, we, we're called... The Holy Spirit will always lead you in holiness and integrity. He is the Holy Spirit. There are, again, lots of unholy spirit. The Holy Spirit is referred to as he, right, or he himself. King James in Romans 8 says the spirit is self. It really should say himself. The spirit of God is not an it. It touched me or it spoke to me. What, you, will be, you will be insulted if I say it, right, if I call you it. So do not refer to the Holy Spirit as it. It fell on me. No, he fell on you. He spoke to you. He led you. He tugged you. All right? So he is a person. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be frustrated. The Holy Spirit can, can be, uh, have joy. You know the scripture, love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of, of, of the Father. He's the spirit of Christ. Um, so let's go to Romans 7, and let's look at this real quick, real quick, Romans 7. Romans 7, 7, um, I'm going to do 25, just, just bear with me. I want to just illustrate something to you. Here's Paul, and many people don't understand what's happening when Paul is saying what he's saying. This is not an excuse to 
to yield to the flesh. Here we go. What shall we then say? That the law is sin by no means. Yet if, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known sin that what it is to covet if the law had not said. You should not covet. But sin, ceasing an opportunity through the, through, the, through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandments came, sin came alive, and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, ceasing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous in God. Be careful of um, despising the law of God. There are a lot of Christians who say, I'm under grace, and they look down on the law of God. The law of God is not to be looked at unho as unholy. It is a good thing. Amen? The Bible says in Galatians that God used the law to show us our need for the Savior, that the law was a schoolmaster. It was a tutor. So don't despise, don't get on the bad, bang, bad bandwagon of those who downplay the law of God. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. You know people like that, right? Yeah. They downplay the law. The law is good, as Paul says, verse 13. Did that which is good then bring to me, then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good in order that sin may be shown to be sin. Through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Let me say this. You're going to do, you're going to obey somebody. You're going to serve somebody. You're going to serve the Lord through your spirit. Are you going to serve the devil through your flesh? You're going to serve somebody. Um, I just lost his name. It's a guy who wrote a song years ago before I was born called Bob Dylan. You got to serve somebody. It may be the Lord or it may be the devil. You got to serve somebody. And so here we see from the scripture that verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh and sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that is good. So now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. I have, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that, would, that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, which is who? What? Your spirit. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched men that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of what? Sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's stop there. So from, um, from 7 to 25, 
Paul is, there's a struggle of him trying to do what's right, but then there is the law of sin that is at work within him. 26 times Paul refers to I. 26 times as, as opposed to trying to accomplish the will of God. You cannot accomplish the will of God by your flesh. Now let's, let's, let's go to Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free from set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has not done what the law, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness requirement of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, but to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you by the spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For who, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And it goes on. So you see, now Paul switches from I to the Spirit. Romans 8, there is about 15 to 16 reference to the Spirit, whereas in Romans 7, there's 26 reference to the I. So it's through the Spirit that you and I conquer the flesh. It's through the Spirit that we, we take authority over the mind. Amen. Did y'all get, get that? The spirit, I, you cannot accomplish the things of God by your flesh. It's only by the spirit that you're able to accomplish the will of God. The spirit of God will, we're talking about the leadership of the spirit. The spirit of God will always lead you into holiness, will always lead you into the right things. He will lead you into love, peace, joy, self-control, and so forth. The devil will always lead you, lead you into contrary to the word of God and the things of God. He will lead you into complaining. God will lead you into thanksgiving. He will never lead you to complain about anything. Do, the Bible says in Philippians, real bold, do all things without murmuring and complaining. Don't complain. That is the language of the devil. The language of God is the language of thanksgiving. Enter into, his, th enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. When you pray, don't pray in, with your complaints. I complain. I can't do it. I can't do this, Lord. I can't, you know this. You know that. Da, da, da. And God says, no. With thanksgiving, offer up supplications. Thanksgiving. You come before his throne th thanking. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, God. He always told the children of Israel to remember what he did for them. And as Bishop Jack, Jackie McCullough says, to be thankful is to be thankful. So make yourself think about what God has done for you. Amen. Yes, yes, Amen. Yes, Spirit of God will always lead you into holiness. He will always lead you into integrity. He will always lead you into truth. He'll never lead you into a lie. He'll never lead you to lie. He won't lead you to lie. 
Because God cannot. It is impossible for God to lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. If he's spoken, he'll also make good on his word. He'll never lead you to lie. Do you know that God will not go back on his word? He will not renege on his word. He will not retreat on his word, but he'll make good on his word. And yet he tells us to do the same thing. He says, even if you make, you put your word out there and you swear to your own heart, make sure you fulfill it. That's pretty deep, right? Well, get, get me out of this contract. No, you promised to pay these people. So pay them. I'll give you wisdom. I didn't lead you into that debt, but I'll empower you to get out of it. Amen. Come on. Yeah. You got to keep your word. Many times confession is not working for people. It's because they don't keep their word. Because if you don't believe your own word, you won't believe God's word. You will believe your word over God's word and over the devil's word. So what you say is what you'll believe. Your word has more authority over your life than God's word. That messes with your religious brain. What I'm saying to you is what you say is what you'll get. God has said wonderful things, but you don't get it unless you say what he says. So if you are constantly, if you are a liar, then when you go to confess the word, you don't believe it's going to come to pass because you don't believe your own words to come to pass. What scripture you have, Pastor Wayne? Mark eleven twenty three. What sort of things you desire? Oh, sorry, excuse me. Um, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe what? What God says? No. Believe what? Believe what? Those things which who say? God? You say. Believe those things which you say shall come to pass, and you'll have what you say. So what you say matters the most. And so you take his word and you speak over your life, that's what you'll get. But you got to believe in your own word. You got to be a person that keeps the word of God, keeps your own word. You say, I'm going to call you at such and such. Be a person that keeps your own word. I'm going to be here at a certain time. Keep, I'm going to pay this bill at a certain time. The certain time of the month, keep your word. God will empower you to keep your word. Those vows that you made before the Lord, keep your word. The Bible tells us not to make vows before the Lord. To be careful, be mindful. Uh, God, I make a vow that I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. If you get me out of this, I'll never go back into it. How many have prayed that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> and you go right back into it. We're talking about leading the, the spirit of the Lord, the manifestation. The Lord will never lead you to, be, to, to not fulfill your word. You said it even when you don't want to do it. It doesn't matter. I just don't feel like doing this today. But you gave your word. I don't even know why I'm on this. This is not even in my notes. But I'm telling you, the Lord will lead you to keep your word. What is he doing? He's training you to believe his word. If you can't believe your own word, you can't believe his word. So keep your word. I, I'm going to be faithful. I, I, I promise never to do this again. Well, keep your word. I make a, make a vow to the Lord. I'll read the Bible the entire year. Well, keep your word. Make, lose sleep over it. Come on now. If you said to the Lord that you were going to read the Bible, the entire Bible this year, lose your sleep. Your sleep is not worth you breaking your vow to the Lord. Oh, God, I promise to fast once a week this entire year. Well, do it. Well, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But you said to the Lord that you'll fast once a week. 
Lord, if you get me out of this, I I promise I'll go to Africa. When the opportunity comes for you to go to Africa, get up and go. (laughs) It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. I'm telling you, you got to keep your word. The Holy Spirit will lead you to keep your word. Be a person of your, I'm going to call you a certain search this time. Do it. What you're doing, it's helping you to believe God. Because if you can't be faithful to your word, then when you go to believe him for his word, then your faith level is not there because you believe that he's like you. This is why liars can never have faith. Oh, that's good teaching right there. Liars can never have faith because they don't believe their own self. So if they don't believe their own self, they can't believe God's word. God has said wonderful things about you. Oh, well, God is sovereign, and whatever he says about you will come to pass. Find the scriptures. That sounds religiously right, but it's biblically unscriptural. God has spoken some wonderful things over you. He has a wonderful plan for you, but you do not get those plans automatically. you got to seek first kingdom of God. I'm going to say something. If you can't obey with God with the tithe, what makes you think that you can believe God for and obey God when he speaks to you specifically? That's a, the tithe is a test. It's quiet in here. I ain't trying to get your money. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I got a good job. Hey. <laughs> I got multiple streams. I teach online sometimes and in person sometimes. So come on now. My, you are not my source. God is. Oh. hmm God is my source, and God is your source. Yes, he is. So whether you are a member here or another church, you need to be faithful in your tithes. Be faithful. Be faithful. Consistency is the key to breakthrough. Consistency. Be consistent. Don't give up. Don't faint. Don't run, and don't, don't, don't trip up. Just keep running. Keep being faithful to what God said in his word and what he said to you personally. And faithfulness. The man who's faithful will abound with blessings. Be faithful. Be faithful to your spouse, faithful to your children, faithful to your job, faithful to your church, faithful to, come on now, faithful to your word, faithful to your friends. Come on. Be faithful. Have the characteristics of a faithful person, and God will take you far. God will take you far. The end of that person that's faithful is shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken. God doesn't always set up tomorrow, but he will set up before you leave this earth. Some people say, well, tithing doesn't work. It doesn't work. I don't see anything. I haven't seen the fruit of the tithe. No more, are you faithful with the 90? Then if you're faithful with the 90, then you, you, either you're a liar or God is a liar. And the Bible says, let every man be a liar, but God be true. And God will be faithful. He'll pour out, a, he'll pour out blessings on you. Open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot receive. There's not enough room in your capacity and yourself to receive all the blessings that he has for you. So be faithful. Be faithful in your prayers. Mm -hmm. Consistent in praying. The consistent Christian. I want to hear from God. What did did God say to you the last time? Did you obey it? Did you stay faithful to it? Sometimes people want to hear something new, and they get excited about something new, but they got this closet full of old things and old revelations that God has spoken to them and have never did anything with the old stuff that God said. God said to do this every day, to exercise. You did it for a week, and he put it to the side. God, through his mercy, gave, spoke another word to you and says, okay, I want you to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and pray for 30 minutes. You did that for a week. He took that, and you took that, and you put that in the closet. You know what that closet represents? Clutter. Clutter. 
You have all these things that the Lord spoke to you. I, I've had people say to me, I know, listen, I had people say to me, the Lord told me to give you $100 a month. Give it to you. The Lord said that he wants me to make sure that you go into full-time ministry. And they did it for a month and never heard back from them. So did God say it or did you make it up? So if God is actually speaking to you, are you doing what God has said to you? Yes, by the word and by his spirit. Are you being faithful to what he said? Do not. And, and, and this is what you do. Say, Holy Spirit, I messed up. I got all these things that you've spoken to me. I'm asking you to give me the wisdom to go back and do them. All right. What, what, is, what is that? I, I, I did not have that in my notes. But I want to encourage you. What was the last thing that he said to you? personally, and are you doing it? Are you faithful to it? Are you faithful to the very last thing? Lord told me to witness. Have you been faithful in witnessing? The Lord told me to pray for this country. Are you been faithful in praying for that country? I just stopped. Did you? Did he tell you to stop? Is, is this speaking to anybody now? Okay, real quick. My time is slipping away. The manifestations of the inner witness. The inner witness can be manifested in five different ways. We saw from Romans 8 that it says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if you'll learn how to follow the inner witness, you will always, always, always be successful. So go with me to 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. I'm going to read this out of the KJV. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. The first manifestation of the inner witness is the inner knowing. Everybody say inner knowing. Now, this is King James. I know we mainly teach from the ESV, but King James Version um, sometimes says things that it's kind of like a different way. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. So you got to be faithful in what the Lord said to you. What, what did he say? For those who are maybe married and the Lord says, I want you to do this for your spouse every single week or every month, are you being faithful with that? First John chapter 2, verse 20, King James Version. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Ye know all things. New King James says, you know all things. So we have received an unction, or we have received an anointing, from the Holy One, and we know all things. It doesn't mean that we know all things. We know the one who knows all things. And in our spirits, God will let us know what we need to know. And so when you're dealing with the leading of the Lord, there's some things you don't necessarily hear. You don't hear necessary words. God does not always communicate with his spirit, um, with his children through words. So there is a knowing. You ever know something and you can't explain it? I know that I know. You, you meet somebody or perhaps parents and children do something and you just, you know something ain't right. Um, recently, um, a, a young man that I had the honor to serve as youth pastor went home with the Lord. He was only 31, just got his MBA. Um, his mom, he was up in Jersey. His mom was down in North Carolina and he, she was um, in the bathroom and, and, um, she was just, I guess she was just thinking. And all of a sudden, out of her mouth, she says, my son is dead. Just like that. And she said, Pastor D, 
I don't know why I said that. And then a couple days later, she found out he was dead. Your spirit knows things that your mind does not. I, I have a quote here that I, from Keith Moore that I thought it was good. Um, we are to use our heads, but not follow it all the time. We're to follow our hearts, but not our heads. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your understanding. And all you know is all that you know. All you know there is not all there is to know. So you only know what you know. You don't know the future. You can calculate. You can do the pros and the cons. God will lead you when things is opposite in your head that so don't do that. There, are, um, there was a guy who became a millionaire, and there was a, um, some things presented to him, and his mind told him not to do it. His financial advisors told him not to do it, but his heart told him to do it. He followed his heart and made a million dollars. So sometimes God will lead you when your head is telling you no, but your spirit is saying yes. That's the knowing. You know something. You know, I, need to, I need to invest or I need to save. This is a season I need to save. I, this is an abundance of prosperity, and I need to pull back and cut down everything. And then in time of famine, God says, now sow, sow. I need you to sow extra. This woman, the guy right here, my lovely wife, when we were first married, she was sowing um, um, going to all these baby showers and buying $400 um, um, car seats and this. I'm like, what are you doing, woman? Like, why are you doing this? Like, we need to save our money. We, we're just beginning a marriage. I just felt led of the Lord to do it. The Lord is leading me. And she would go to these. Everybody was inviting her to the baby showers because she gave good gifts. Let me tell you something. Our first baby came. We had four baby showers, and we did not buy a single thing for the first two years because she sowed in a time of prosperity and a time of famine. She was sowing. <laughs> Why? Why you got to do this? <laughs> you just got to trust me. <laughs> Why do we got to get? I mean, do they really need that? <laughs> no. Like, really? Come on. And the Lord provided everything for that first baby, and then some for the second. The overflow was Declan. <laughs> Overflow is on other two, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Sorry, that's between us, y'all. Keep that in there. Um, inner knowing. So that's the first manifestation of the inner witness. Inner knowing. You just know. You meet somebody, something's not right. I can't put my hand on them. I don't know what's going on inside that person, but don't trust them. Um, something is at work within them. You just know. I'm telling you, it's better to follow that no than to go into tragedy. I'm telling you, God will, is leading us by that inner knowing. There have been several testimonies of people during 9-11 that they had an inner knowing not to go to work that day. They um, decided to have the dentist go to the dentist that day. They decided to, let me call out. Listen, you better obey your knower. Because if your nor tell you to stay home, even if you don't have no more sick days, you better stay home. Now, don't use that excuse. Pastor says, stay home today. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's if the Lord is leading you through the inner knowing. That's annoying. And you don't know what you'll miss. Well, I, I, I did. I obeyed it, and nothing happened. That's a good thing. 
<laughs> Sometimes we look and, oh, well, well, if I, you know, we want to see the signs of us obeying God. It doesn't, it's, not, it's not always clear. Amen. 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 Let, let's go to a, a second one. Now, this is not necessarily in order, uh, but it, it, it's, it's, it's a manifestation. The second manifestation I'm going to talk about is peace. I'm about to say peace. God is a God of peace. Go to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. I'm going to read this out of King James. Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 14. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Psalm 34, verse 14 simply says this. Depart from evil and do good and seek what? Peace and pursue it. We're to seek peace. God is a God of peace. And that, that peace is not the absence of conflict. That peace is the presence of God. It's the presence of pre the presence of God. Um, God will lead you in peace. He's the God of peace. We did a whole message about peace in 3D. Peace with God, peace from God, and the peace of God. And so God will lead us by peace. Over and over again, he'll lead us by peace. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. If it, if it disturbs the peace of God in your life, then it's not right. Follow the peace of God. There's a scripture we're going to look at in Hebrews. I'm going to give you two scriptures dealing with peace real quick. Um, Colossians chapter 3. This peace will lead you whether to go over someone's house, um, whether to let somebody watch your children or your grandchildren. Um, the peace will lead you. I'm telling you, um, give you an example. I was... Um, at work and, and the particular area that I was at, they, they, they was like, you can take some time instead of a 20-minute break, take an extra 30-minute. And so I was sitting down, and usually on my breaks, I read the Word and, um, or, or some kind of Christian material. And so I'm sitting down, and all of a sudden, peace, my peace got disturbed, the peace of God in my life. Was, and the noise was like, the noir was like, get up and go over to that area now. It was just like that. I didn't hear a voice, but just annoying that I need to get up. And so I got up and walked over there. And the big boss came, talked with me. The other boss called him and said, do you know where Dwayne is? I was right there. God will keep you from getting in trouble on your job. I, I was taken based on another supervisor's job, which was in a, a supervisor that was not um, in that greater position. But if I would have listened to him, I would have got in trouble. Are, are you with me? And sometimes you need to, uh, really all the time, um, they call it something else, but you need to cover your butt. Like, just cover yourself. Make notes and, 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 and get in and writing and so forth. That The Holy Spirit will lead you about that to protect you in case there's a case against you. And you have all this evidence and says, listen, let me tell you this. This is the reason why I wasn't able to do it. One, one, two, three. This is what you said. Are you with me? He'll lead you. And so Colossians chapter 3, verse uh, 15. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 simply says this. It says, um, and let the peace of God, no, notice you got to let the peace of God. You got to do something. Let the peace of God. So if you can let the peace of God, you can deny the peace of God. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are called in one body and be ye thankful. That word peace in the Amplified, it says, and let the peace of God act like an umpire. Y'all know what an umpire is? You're out <laughs> or saved, right? That peace of God will let you know what something is not in sync with the will. It acts like an umpire. It lets you know, don't do it. Let's go to the last scripture, Hebrews of this particular manifestation. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. 
Let's go over there. Hebrews chapter 13, and let's look at verses 20 and 21. I think it's Hebrews 12. Actually, it's Hebrews 12. Let's go Hebrews 12. Let's see if I got it right. Hebrews chapter 12. I can hear somebody, the Lord is not leading you because you guys went to the wrong scripture. <laughs> Stop getting deep. Stop being deep. It's like I was telling uh, Lady Courtney the other day, um, people, um, people get mad at churches and, and they say, well, when I was sick, nobody called me. Uh, when I was going through, they never called me. And, and, and I, was saying, I was saying, you know what? You need to call them. The Bible says in James 5, if, if anyone of you is sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. And so as pastors, leaders, we don't always know what's going on with you. You got to call. You got to speak up. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you sitting back and, and crying about nobody knows what's going on with you, but you got to let them know. It's not like God's going to speak to us everything about your life. So if you're sick, call the, call the pastor. Pastor, I'm sick. I'm in the hospital. They're not supposed to know by the spirit. My time is up. I got to go. Now, um, they don't, they're not supposed to know by the spirit to call you or to check on you. Sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't. And by hearing from God, you got to understand, you got to be humble enough to know that you can miss it. Say, I can miss it. You can actually think you hear from God and not hear from God. I've been there several times, <laughs> a lot of times. I swear up and down, I was hearing from God, and, and God had nothing to do with it. So you got to be humble enough to say, you know what, I missed it. I thought it was the Lord. I prophesied stuff, that, and I'm like, oh, man, that, that, it wasn't right. It didn't come from the spirit. It came from an emotional high. Mm-hmm. Come on. Don't act like, don't look at me like I've, I've, I'm the only one that missed it. Giving a false prophecy. Well, the Bible says you should be stoned. <laughs> well, the problem, thank God, was, it was not directional. <laughs> Lord says, marry this person. I will never prophesy that to you. <laughs> I'm telling you, that right there is a mess. Don't let nobody prophesy somebody into your life like that. You'll wake up to... Somebody not smart. <laughs> and you're like, oh my goodness, what did I do? I married to this person because I heard the Lord. <laughs> All right, so Hebrews chapter, chapter 12, verse 14. Strive for what? Peace. Strive for peace with who? Uh-oh. Everyone. And for holiness without whom? of which no one will see the Lord. So you to strive for peace. That peace is the peace with other people. That peace of God will lead you. Strive to be at peace with everyone, all right? Um, let's go to the, the next inner witness, the next manifestation. Now, the next manifestation of the inner witness is uh, it seems good. Everybody say, it seems good. Now, I'm going to read a lot from KJV with this. Luke chapter 1, let's go over there. You have to see this. Luke chapter 1. How many believe that the Word of God is inspired? By the Holy Spirit. How many believe that the word of God is God breathed? Genesis to Revelation. There are no other books out there. All right. Don't think that there's some other books. Now, we're not the only planet and we're not only. There are other planets. Don't ask me if there's beings in other planets. I don't know. And the Bible is, as Minister Allen often says, we need to be silent on those things that the Bible says to be silent on. That the Bible is silent on. All right. Um, yeah. I'm going to stop there because I was about to talk about dinosaurs, but we'll, we'll deal with that next month. Come back, dinosaurs. Remember that. Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Now listen, now the Bible is written because God inspired it, right? 
inspired men to write the scriptures, and they communicated. Now, there wasn't, it wasn't a dictation, dictation. Like, it's not like God says, now write this. Therefore, there is no now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Therefore, no. He used their personality. He used their writing skills. He used their level of education. Paul and Moses were, had the best education of their day, and God used them to write most of the Bible. Do you think that's a coincidence? They were educated. Moses was educated in Pharaoh's house. Paul had the, he had many degrees, as we would call it. He, he was a Pharisee of Pharisee. He knew the Hebrew language. He learned the Hebrew language in the first, what, what, what is it? Uh, he learned the Torah in the first two or three years of his life, right? Four or five years? Five years of his life. So he was well educated. And God turned around and gave him revelation. After he got born again, filled with the Spirit, God gave him revelation of all that law that he understood and quoted all these years and brought life and showed Jesus in the law and turn around and use his ability to write the two-thirds of the scriptures of the New Testament. And Moses wrote a significant amount. And so the more you know, the more you have, the more God can take and blow on it and use it. All right? So let, let's take this. Let's look at that. Keep that in mind. Luke chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. For as much as many have taken in hand, King James, to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Verse 3. What does verse 3 says? It seems good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mayest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So Dr. Luke wrote the book of Luke, not based on a vision, not based of a, on, on a um, visitation from Jesus, but he wrote based on what? It seems good. It seems good. And the Holy Spirit saw fit to put that part, make that part of the scriptures. Let's go to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, real quick. My time is ticking. Acts 15, verse 22. Acts 15, verse 22. You got to say, I got it. Acts 15, verse 22 says this. And then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. So here, the council of elders and pastors and apostles and the entire church, based on their seamer, chose certain men to go with Paul and Barnabas. It seemed good. It seemed good is a manifestation. Now jump down to verse 25. Acts chapter 15, verse 25. It says, and it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Verse 28, jump down to verse 28. 28. For it has seemed good to who? The Holy Spirit and to who? To, to us to lay no, on you no greater burden than these requirements. So one of the manifestations of the inner witness is it seems good. It seems good. It's something, now the Holy Spirit will not lead you into some weirdness. He will not lead you into 
things that are contrary to the character of God and that things that are not clear or that does not support the scriptures. If it seems weird or off, sometimes, or I would say probably most of the time it is off, if it seems off. You walking with Jesus and you hear some strange teaching that does not seem right, that is contrary to the foundation of salvation in Christ, reject it. Are you with me? God is not going to be mad. If somebody prophesied to you something and it does not seem right, do not accept it. If I give you a word and it doesn't bear witness with your spirit, do not accept it. Are you with me? Don't accept everything that you hear. Don't accept everything that you think and you feel. Go based on the word of God and the spirit of God inside of you. All right, a couple more. Let's go real quick to Acts chapter 14, verse 9. The next one is perception. 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 Acts chapter 14, verse 9. This is how the, men, the um, inner witnesses manifested. Um, Luke chapter 14, verse 9. I'm going to read that out of KJV because it's a little bit better. Acts chapter 14, verse 9. And it says this. The same heard Paul speak, who steadily beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed. So here's a lame person, a person who's crippled from his mother's womb, and Paul is preaching, and then he saw this certain man at Lystra, and the Bible says um, he, that Paul perceived that the man had faith. He perceived. It didn't necessarily say that God spoke to him that he had faith, that the man had faith, but he perceived it. There is a spiritual perception that we have at times. Amen? Go to Luke 27. Luke 27. Hold on. Luke 27. Luke 27. If you can look at Lion King for 118 minutes, you can listen to me preach for an hour. Uh, Luke chapter, um, Acts chapter 27. <laughs> Acts chapter 27, verse 10. Let's go. Acts chapter 27, verse 10 says this. It says, King James, And, and said unto them, Sirs, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only with lading and ship, but also of our lives. Notice this, that Paul says, I perceive. He did not say the Lord said. Come on now. He did not say that the Lord said. He said, I perceive, spiritually speaking, that this, this trip is going to be with much hurt, much damage. And even to the point that our lives are going to be at stake. Don't get so deep in trying to hear something that God leads us by our perception. Spiritual perception. I'm not talking about what you know, I perceive from my perception. No, no. From God's perspective, we can see certain, I perceive, you can perceive certain things spiritually. You can perceive some people growing spiritually. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go up to them and say, hey, I see you growing. The Lord is saying he, you're growing. Keep, <laughs> keep, keep at it. I, I, I perceive your growth. Or, or the Lord is saying, continue to grow. You don't have to say that. Just because you see somebody grow doesn't mean that you have to say something. Or just because you see somebody's passion doesn't mean that they're on fire for God. Oh. Uh, they're, oh. you're, they're on fire. Oh. They, they know how to pray. Well, if you, if you get the word in you, you'll pray too. 
Don't be moved by somebody praying you into an emotional state. It doesn't, don't let that move you. Is it true? Do you see, do you hear more God in their prayers than themselves? Or are they trying to teach you through their prayers? Sometimes people pray and they're praying not to God, but they're praying to the people they're around. So to say, to tell you something that they don't have enough boldness to say without prayer. Oh, I just said a mouthful. (laughs) I'm too weak to tell you what I know. So I'm going to pray it. And to make it seem spiritual to make you feel bad about what you're doing. Uh, I just said uh, that's enough for a lifetime. Let's unplug the religious reality, the religious system of the day. <laughs> and that thing, we're gonna drain that thing. <laughs> there are certain things that you perceive. Let's go to Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five. So don't ever use prayer as an excuse to not confront somebody. Don't ever use prophecy as an excuse to not to confront someone. Well, if I say the Lord said it, then they'll receive it better. Well, you just lied on the Lord. Uh Uh It's a dangerous sin. That's a dangerous sin. Don't lie on them. Just say, you know, I just, you know, I noticed something about you. I mean, one time um, a young man I was mentoring, he's doing well in ministry. He's involved in television ministry in Florida and whatnot. And I think he's going to be used to help us to get on television. But anyway, he, he, I was mentoring him, and, and there was time. he's like, man, there are times I'll be in the bed, and I start shaking. I just start shaking. You, you think that that's, that's the Holy Spirit shaking stuff out of me? Absolutely not. <laughs> you need to stop it. I told him that. I said, stop shaking. That's, God has nothing to do with that shaking business. Like, I'm not saying he can't shake you. Don't so, you know. But I'm saying, but he was like, oh, the Lord be shaking me. Sometimes I'll be praying in tongues, and I just start shaking. That's your emotional your emotions responding to his presence. Not necessarily that he's making you to shake. So I told the boy, I said, stop shaking. And so the next day I said, so how's that shaking business going? It stopped. It stopped. <laughs> I did, I, he's going to come and preach here one day. <laughs> I'm telling you, he, it stopped. Because he was shaking. He was like, listen, a lot of times what we perceive as the Holy Spirit is really just men and women responding to his presence. And it's not so much as necessarily wrong, but don't say it's the Lord. You don't always have to do something in his presence. Sometimes he just wants you to be quiet. Hey, hey. Uh, just because God is, I'm, I'll never forget this, and it was me, Cleveland, and this young man who's home with the Lord, Ish, and this other young man by the name of Rico, we call him Kevin, I mean, his name's Kevin, we call him Rico, and, and, and the Lord was using Cleveland, um, praying for, I don't know if you remember this, it's Cedar, um, Cedar Grove, uh, and, and Cleveland prayed for this youth pastor. Uh, he, he had back problems. I don't know if you remember this. And the youth pastor got healed. And he said, this Jesus stuff is real. <laughs> I was like, that's the youth pastor? <laughs> uh, and then, and, and, and then and <laughs> you remember this, Cleve? <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and then Rico and Ish was like, can I be used? Call me up, PD. Call me up. <laughs> and, and sometimes we're like that. When God's presence is moving, we feel like we have to do something. Oh, oh let, let, let me get in the flow of what God is doing. Sometimes God just wants you to sit back and don't do anything. Real quick, real quick story. I was um, um, a youth pastor. Well, before I was a youth pastor at this particular church, I went to this camp. And, um, and, and I know God is gracing me to pray for thousands and millions of people to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and they weren't emphasizing this at this camp. But they recognized me as a minister. I was a guest there, not as a speaker, but just a guest. And they called me up 
to be with the ministers, and the young lady came up and got saved. I said, well, you need the Holy Ghost. And I prayed for her, and yet it was God, but yet it was out of order. It wasn't God. And so, but God filled her, and she was confused about it because it wasn't coming from the main stage. And then I said, but then I went to my cabin. I said, Lord, I really want to be used. Um, Lord, they, they need an outpouring of the Spirit. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit on the inside checked me. He says, why do you want to be used to lead these kids into the baptism on the Holy Spirit here? Why don't you pray for God to use the next speaker? So I humble myself and say, okay, God, it's not about me, but Lord, I ask that you anoint the next speaker. May he come and may he be used by the Spirit to lead these, your people, into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this man came and preached heaven on earth, and God used, and like a rushing mighty wind, the whole camp, it's like the camp, the kids were filled with the Holy Spirit and adults on the dirt floor, crying out and speaking in tongues. It was the will of God for God to use him and not me. My, my time eventually came, but God was more concerned about the move than he was about using me. And sometimes we feel like we got to be in the flow or God is not moving. <laughs> Luke chapter 5, verse 20, last scripture, promise you. Luke chapter 5, verse 22. Luke chapter 5, verse 22 and when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts? So the master, you can close your Bibles. The master perceived certain things. So certain, and so let's go over this. We'll deal with the fifth one next week. Inner knowing, this is a no, in your knower, you know something. You can't explain it, but you know. Mm -hmm. Practice these things. Are you listening? Practice these things daily. When you're in the, just throughout the day, look to the Lord on the inside. Look to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Look to him. One way that you kind of become more sensitive in the leadership of the Spirit is you learn to look to him. You remember the scripture in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord. Come on, quote it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what's the next part? Ways. Let's stop there. In all, your, let's, in all your ways, acknowledge him. How do you acknowledge him? You recognize he's real. You recognize he's here. I acknowledge you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being my friend. Holy Spirit, sometimes when, when I've prayed something, and my prayer's been, been really answered like last couple of months, really, really like just God answering, and the Holy Spirit will whisper in my nor, give praise, give thanks. You didn't thank the Father for what he just did. I'm telling you, it's as clear as day. I'm like, oh, holy, I see, I see, all right. And I'll say, Lord, thank you for answering that prayer. Thank you for giving me off for the weekend. Thank you, Lord, for meeting that need. Thank you for the wisdom in that area. Uh, uh, that I had an issue with um, 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 my skin, and I was itching all over. And, and, and of course, it did some natural stuff. And, I said, Holy Spirit, just help me. And just through the wisdom of my wife, she says, well, I think it's this medicine. Stop taking this allergy medicine right there. And, and it cut the itching. And the Holy Spirit, thank God for it. Um, um, the other day, I had a pain in my mouth uh, and a tooth and, uh, that I'm going to the dentist about this week. And, and, um, and, and it was just a lot of pain. And I began to take the word of God 
and, and, and really take authority over that pain. About four, everybody say four hours, four hours. Four hours later, the pain left and it didn't return. I spoke to it and, and, and I quoted the scripture that says, Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my pain. And I kept saying that Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain. Holy Spirit, said, give thanks for there, there's no pain. Give thanks. Give thanks. Holy Spirit will lead you into thanksgiving and to praise. All right. So that's it. Inner knowing. Inner knowing. Peace. It seems good in a perception. So let me, let me just share this with you real quick. Be humble enough to admit when you're missing it. But I also want to say, don't be afraid to miss it. Sometimes we, we don't say nothing, and we don't even try to sense the presence of the leading of the Lord, so we just don't even move. Be willing to subject what you receive to your spiritual leaders. So if it's so God, you ain't got to hide nothing. <laughs> God is not in the closet. He is not in the dark. He is the light. He is the, hey, yeah. So if it's God, you, you have no right. You should not hide what God is saying to you in the dark. Bring it out. Pastor. Now, I'm not saying go around and tell everybody because everybody does not, they don't have wisdom. <laughs> Pastor, spiritual leaders, uh, what do you think about what, I, what I'm sensing? I never forget I was getting revelation about something and at the time, my pastor was Pastor Lawrence Powell of the Agape Family Worship Center. And I went to him, and I said, Pastor, this is what I'm sensing. I want you to judge it to make sure if it's really of God. And I went to my father, my, my stepfather, who's really my father. I went to him, and I said, Dad, what do you think about this? And both of those men sat down with me and shared with me and expounded upon what I was receiving from the Lord. If, if it's so God, you don't have to keep it in the dark. Bring it out. And let somebody more mature than you and says, what do you think? See if this is of the Lord. Making the decision to work at the certain job, I went to certain spiritual leaders. Because my conviction is, oh, no, we don't do that. We don't participate in that. And I still don't drink that alcohol. And those spiritual leaders says, you'll be a dumb fool if you don't take that job. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And you're a righteous man. You better go get that money. Until the Lord calls you into full-time ministry once again. Hey, Say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Peace out. <laughs> All right, real quick. We'll talk about the inner voice, which is the voice of your conscience next week. Um, how to follow the leading of the Lord. Now, you're taking notes with this. How to follow the leading of the Lord. Here we go. The first is to be aware of him. To be aware of him. Always be aware of the presence of God. Always be aware of the Holy Spirit. He has been sent to be with you and upon you for, forever. He's not going to leave you. Holy Spirit is not. He is the greatest teacher there is. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will show you things to come. Like that woman of God in North Carolina, the whole, she said out of her mouth, my son is dead. And my, I, I never forget that my mom said this. Um, prior to my dad dying and going home to be with the Lord, do you know what this man did? He pulled out all the life insurance policies. Says, I just want you to know where these are. Anything happened to me, these are the life insurance policies. Also, as she was thinking, of, thinking about him, looking over him, the Lord says, how would your life be without him? That's what the Lord said. And weeks or months later, he was gone. Holy Spirit will prepare you for tragedy. Are you with me? Yes. He will prevent, he can help you prevent it, or he'll prepare you for it. Yes. Yes. So be open. If there's a loved one, he, Lord, Lord knows if there's a loved one about to die. And he'll lead you to call him and reach out to him a lot of times. 
because you're creating more memories before they go. He will lead you in repentance. Your repentance is going to be different than my repentance. So what you did to repent may not be different from me. I remember Catherine Kuhlman, who was a woman of God back in the 60s and 70s, who was using mighty miracles. There have never been a woman up to this point outside of the apostles who was used in the working of miracles like Catherine Kuhlman. Do your research. Do look at church history. A woman who was used mightily by God. But one time, in eight year, within eight years, she decided she fell in love with this guy who was also a man of God at that time, who had a family, a wife, and kids, and they fell in love with each other. And he left his wife and kids to marry her, and for eight years, the Spirit of God, manifestation of the Spirit of God, departed from her, and she was in that marriage. And she has seen other ministers get married, leave their wives and get married to somebody else, and God still used them. And, and, but it was not the case with her. The Spirit of God, she, they thought that the Spirit of God was just going to forgive that adulterous relationship. The Spirit of God stopped the miracles, stopped the movings of God, closed out doors. And for eight years, she was in love and happy, and at the same time, she was in a place of darkness. And every day, she said that, she called him Mr. Me and Mr. would sit down at the table and we would have fun and, and talk about lo our love. But on the inside, we knew that we were out of the will of God. And the Spirit of God says, if you don't leave him, you'll never have the ministry I've called you to. And eight years later, she left that man. And his, her ministry began to rise again. Her repentance was not just to say, God, forgive me, but was to leave that adulterous marriage. Now, if you're married to somebody you got into involved in, I'm not telling you to leave them right now. <laughs> Your repentance is going to be different than others. And he'll lead you how to repent. With the tax collector, he led him. He says, you know, don't just say forgive me and keep the people's money, but go back and give, them, give their money back to them. Come on now. <laughs> Lord will lead you differently in how to repent. You know, the Holy Spirit is that good. He'll show you how to repent. Yeah. Your repentance may be, forgive me, and that's it. Your repentance may go confess everything you did wrong to that person. <laughs> we don't want that part, right? Because <laughs> that's a humility. I mean, you like, you got to humble yourself. All right, so um, beware of him. Number two, by faith, believe that the Lord is leading you. By faith, believe that the Lord is leading you. We, we know we have scriptures that the Lord promised to lead us. By faith, I believe that the Lord is ordering my steps. By faith, today, when you wake up in the morning, tomorrow morning, by faith, I trust that my steps are going to be ordered. Today's going to be a great day. Something, as Dr. Oral Roberts says, something good is going to happen to me today. God's going to lead me to some repentance, some of the fruit of love and joy. I'm going to have to forgive some people, but that's something good. Come on now. <laughs> I'm going to be in some situation where I want to, Give them a piece of my mind, but I'm going to give them a piece of Christ's mind. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be in this position to want to cuss, but I'm going to speak blessings. I bless you. I forgive you. What can I give you to, to lunch today? Well, I'm going to buy your lunch today. Uh, uh, Holy Spirit's going to lead you how to be kind. Come on. He's going to lead you how to love the unlovable. He's going to lead you how to witness right. There's a right way to witness and a wrong way to witness. You don't take the people's job on hours and witness on their job. Do on your, on your break or after, after work. Let me witness to you. Come on, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. He'll lead you how to treat your spouse right. 
For men, he'll teach us how to say, I'm sorry. Come on, look straight. Don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry, men. Women, for the most part, have a tendency to say, I'm sorry. I apologize. And we'll, we know we're wrong, and we'll just keep knowing that we're wrong. <laughs> I'm guilty. <laughs> like, dang, I don't want to say I'm sorry. Do I really have to? If my relationship with my wife is not right, I go in my little study and pray in tongues eight hours, and I can fast, and I, I can scream in tongues and shout and, and prophet, lie to myself, and God will not do nothing. It's like for not. Like, he just blocked the prayers, and the Holy Spirit be like, block, 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 block. Nope, 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 nope. I'm not speaking to you about that. Nope. You, no, no, you're walking to death today. You, you, no, you're not going to do that. No, no, no. You, what you say will not come to pass. Then I say, honey, I apologize. I'm going to stop there. Father God, I thank you for this time as we shared your word concerning following the inner witness. Help us to walk out this. Lead us and guide us. Say, Father, Father I, receive your instruction. I receive your instruction. I will, I will be, led be led by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Daily. daily. In Jesus' name, Jesus. amen. Hope you got something out of That today. concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732 324 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.